of the greatest athletes in battle traveling from one end of the United States to the other is what big time is all about. And of course, that means it's time for Blum Love Foods Live. And we are live, Jeff. We're not a pre-retaped, a pre-retaped or a pre-record. None of that tonight. We are live as live can be, good brother. Live. 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 I still, you know, listen, I think it's what separates this program from other programs, that we are live. I mean, is that, is that, is that just the old school radio guy in me? Or does he think it matters anymore? Uh, I like doing it live. I think it's fun. I don't think Joe Rogan's even live anymore, is he? I, I you know, I, no, I think it's all, like, I mean, I think most of the interviews he does, he, like, plays more or less live. Maybe he cuts them up. I don't know. I mean, they go forever. Yeah, but I don't think he's even doing the, uh, like, the, the YouTube stream anymore of the show when he does them. Oh, he's not? I don't think so, man. I think it's just all, like, like pre-record now. I mean, I could be wrong. It's not very often, but it could be. Like taking him down, I remember. Yeah, I feel like it is. I don't know, man. Anyway, welcome to Plum Love Foods Live. We're live. That's what we do here. We've got a great program tonight. We're talking to a friend of the show, good brother of mine, Chef Kyle Schrute. He's on the program tonight talking about his new book, Progressive Comfort. I mean, how ballsy is it, Jeffy, to write a book like he's written? And you've gotten deeper into it than I have. I'm, I've only gotten a little bit ways into it. But to write a book is really putting your soul out there for everyone. But then not only that, but to give it away for free. How about that? Yeah, dude, I think it's amazing. I, I it's like it, it, I, uh, I, you know, I was just saying to him off air. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of of, uh, of just doing it. You know, putting yourself out there, all the stuff that he did. It's, it's really cool. It's, it's it's really commendable, and uh, I'm excited to talk to him about it because it's, uh, you know, we're 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 of the same. Uh, camp on a lot of ideas, which I, I'm excited to talk to him about. I mean, literally one of the most creative guys I know in the industry. The things he does is incredible. I can't wait to show him. I, I tagged him recently on a, a dish that he did years ago that now someone else is doing, a fast food restaurant's doing. I can't wait to bring that to his attention because... Uh, oh, no, you said that. I can't wait. That's going to be funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty fucking funny, man. Uh, so we'll get to Kyle here shortly, man. Looking forward to talking to him a little bit. Uh, we also would be remiss if we didn't bring up uh, recently, just came out last Friday, the Elite Chef finale, the branded content piece we've been working on for a long time. The finale mm-hmm. aired. Um, it was fantastic. Uh, people really enjoyed it. And uh, the, the whole show itself did really well overall, Jeff. What do you think, man? Is this the way the advertising is going to go now, doing the branded content? Well, I think it definitely is a is a is an amazing facet of of uh, of marketing and, and and a way to use, you know, I mean, a targeted market. You know, using social media to really get, you know, asses and seats. And 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 you know, we saw that in the finale. I mean, the place was packed. Fucking. And they were there having a great time, vibing with us. 
and uh, you know, supporting all the all, all the Connecticut chefs. And uh, you know, again, hats off to Eli's for for bringing it all together for us and uh, letting us use all their facilities and uh, letting us drink all their great beer. I mean, how fun was that? The whole thing was just like. <laughs> Yeah, man, it, it was awesome, and they, I'm really, I give them a lot of credit, man, for you know providing a platform for these chefs that would probably never ever have a platform in their life to, to showcase themselves or do something. Because listen, it's not it's not easy to get a platform to be able to do that. It's just not. I mean, there's definitely more chefs than 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 get the, there's more chefs that don't get the opportunity that do get the opportunity. I mean, it's not even it's staggeringly different. I mean, these chefs, you know, just having a little media attention for what they do, and that's listen, that's not what we get in the business, but. It's part of it, and so hopefully, you know, it was helpful to them. Obviously, it was a lot of fun for these guys, but you know, we we did everything very positive, and that was kind of a key thing for me. I wanted it all to be positive all the time. I didn't want to come across as a jackass or, you know, have any chefs being pretentious to each other. And I think I think we accomplished that, dude. What do you think? I think I I think we definitely accomplished that because nobody was pretentious. They were all actually super cool chefs. <laughs> Except for Mark Keto. Not one of them was a shitty person. They were all. Awesome people. You know, Except I mean, for if Mark we had to Kito. judge them on being great, they, we would have been impossible. They were Absolutely. all equally just so, and they're all so talented. You know, yeah. I mean, and you know, we're gonna do a uh, Facebook live or a Instagram live with some of the people from the show. I'm gonna try to get it done tomorrow. Uh, just kind of a quick recap, just 20 minutes or so recap of the show, and talking to some of the people who are on the program that helped out with the program. Um, I think that'll be a lot of fun, just to kind of wrap it all up and put a bow on it because season two. Looking like it's going to be in the fall. So we're excited about that, man. That was one of the big announcements uh, on the finale was that, dude, we're getting season two. How cool is that? Can't wait, man. I can't wait. It was just such a fun thing to be a part of. And uh, now that we have one under our belts and, and uh, we, we've, we've done such such cool stuff, we worked with a great team. And uh, I think the second season is going to, I mean, you know, onward and upward. I mean, that's, that's all I can say. It's going to be dope. I'm going to compete. I'm going to go against them. I miss competing. I'm just saying it now. Just saying now. Oh, dude, can we do? Can we both do it? Maybe we, maybe we should have like a duo, like a team, a team, a tag team battle for the belts. A tag team battle. I'm with it. I'm with it. Here's the fun part about the whole thing, man. Is that it? Just it was great to give an opportunity for some cool chefs. We had a blast doing it. The content itself did phenomenal. I remember we were making a big deal about the first four episodes. You know, this is local branded content, but our first, I mean, over a hundred thousand people, well over two hundred thousand people now. It's just remarkable to see the, the the response was fantastic, and I can't wait to do it again, dude. I really can't. I mean, it was just it was so much. It was a lot of fucking work, but it was fun. Yeah, it was a ton of work, but again, we now that you have one under your belt, uh, and, and and we've done a bunch of stuff. I think the second one is just going to be that much easier. You get a paradigm, and uh, we have some great ideas, you know, that are already floating around. Oh yeah. So it's it's going to be. It's it's just gonna it'll it'll come together so much more organically, you know. Yeah. And we've seen the, a lot of the locations, so it's gonna be great. Yeah, I, I can't wait. I'm very excited about it. So check it out if you haven't done so yet. Elite Chef, they're all over Facebook. I, I I did upload them to a YouTube channel on my YouTube page, but you know we don't really promote the YouTube at all because I just don't. We're gonna get better about that. Something that might change this summer, but for now they're up there. They're in a playlist. You can watch them in order. It's pretty fun. They're short. It's an easy watch, but uh, you should check it out if you haven't done so yet. I mean, a lot of people have, which I'm just so proud of. I'm just, I'm so proud of that, Jeff. Like that's one of the things. Like I just, my girls tonight, they watched the finale of the show, and they were like, "This is like one of the favorite things you've done, Dad. We love this," which makes you feel good, you know. It should make you feel good because it's great. 
yeah. <laughs> I mean, and I, I mean, I, I hate. To, I mean, I, being part of it, I, maybe I'm a little jaded, but I mean, I, I've watched it. I have a, I watch it with a really critical eye, and I, I, I think it's, I think it's a lot of fun. It's Did a lot you of fun see and, the and, uh, and it, outtakes they sent of you doing the teaser? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I see it every night that. when I close my eyes. Too. <laughs> it made me laugh so much. <laughs> yeah, it made my kids die laughing. They were crying. <laughs> Good. <laughs> it's pretty funny. I'll start posting some of those. <laughs> yeah, it, should. it was great. Right. Um, but yeah, fun. so this weekend though, pretty fun. You know, again, project to next project to next project to next project. I was in Pittsburgh, Jeff. You didn't get to come because you had some work stuff. But uh, Big Dan yep. came with me, Wolver Dan, and uh, we were shooting a project that hopefully could be a big one. I don't really want to say more than that because I don't want to jinx it. Is that you? Nope. Well, that was Kyle. He's got his phone not on mute. So we're hearing him uh, hammering and nailing a house. I think he's building a house up there in Detroit. He's, he's refinishing a the kitchen. <laughs> he could be fighting crime. Ooh, that's probably true. That's probably true. Um. <laughs> I guess we should have told him to mute the phone, but he didn't. It's okay. Uh, anyway. Uh, in, I was in Pittsburgh uh, working on a fun new project where we're fixing a recipe for someone. And, uh, you know, I've never done a ton of bread baking, Jeffy, but, um, you know, it, it's funny. I think the best way I can describe it is it's really hard to fuck it up, and it's really easy to fuck it up, too. Does that make sense? Yes, it absolutely makes sense. It's a uh, baking's one of those things that if you just follow the steps and you, and you understand the, the, the process of it, it it works every time, right? <laughs> if you just but follow if you, it, uh, if you try to wing it, it's it's you know you, it's, you you might get it every once in a while, but you know, I guess I mean it's easy to mess up, but if you follow it, it's it's easy to not mess up. I guess you know it's one of those things. I wish that we could, you know, so as chefs, we tend to write recipes using weights, you know, like yeah, it's it's because well, they're universal, right? Easy, easy peasy, universal. However, when you do it for like a home cook, you do it more of a volume situation where you're using cups and teaspoons and tablespoons and that sort of stuff. I mean, do you care about that anymore? No. I mean, does the recipe make a difference to you? Um, no, I mean, I just, I just trans, I mean, whatever it's in, I just, you know, I just go with it. I have, you know, I know how to convert if I don't have something in metric I can convert it you know it's not I just asked Alexa an amazing powerful tool for that you know <laughs> I just asked Alexa but I know you, you probably don't agree with that because then you think she's listening to us right she's been listening the whole time bro we're it's on the right. computer they're all listening I gotta hide it's fine I don't even cover the cameras off of my computer I'm like I hope you are looking at me uh, I only um uncover them when I'm doing the various activities. Um, well, you know, oh. here's the thing. Only thing I do is I'm always on my computer with topless, but I do put band-aids on my nipples. That's what I do. Oh man, I think I'm I'm topless a lot in front of my computer. Are you? I dress in front of my computer exclusively. <laughs> wow. All right. Like this. So that's all you do. You turn the turn the camera on, or no? You just open the computer up. Oh, yeah, a mirror, so I have to turn the camera on so I can see myself. Oh, wow, that's handy. Good move there. Good move there. Right? Well played. Yeah, I'm going to give that a go myself. I'm going to give that a go <laughs> for sure. <laughs> All right, look. 
<laughs> it's already taken a downward turn, and we haven't even done anything yet. Um, we're going to take a quick breather. When we come back, uh, we're going to be joined by good brother, Chef Kyle Schutte, talking all about his new book, Progressive Comfort. It's available now. Um, you guys should definitely check it out. And more importantly, it's kind of a, I mean, his heart in a book, along with some great recipes, some amazing photography, and great stories from a fantastic chef, a creative chef. And uh, he's just an all-around great guy. I spent a weekend with him in a hotel, so but that was fun. A week with him in a Ooh. hotel. Yeah, I know what that's like. And the damn air conditioner wouldn't turn on. That was the hardest part about it. So check it out. Listen, we'll be right back. I can't if you snored back then. I didn't snore. I still don't think I snore now. I think it's purely speculation, Jeffy. It's no speculation, brother. I think it is. Check it well, out. <laughs> You're checking out Plum Love Foods Live with your boy Chef Jeff, your boy Chef Plum. We'll be right back here in one second with our good brother, Chef Kyle Schrute. You stay right there. We'll be right back. <laughs> Jackfruit, Jeffy. It's honestly the best vegan food I've ever had. No doubt. We learned all about it on our trip in Mexico this year. Hey, it's Chef Plum and Chef Jeff from Plum Love Foods Live talking Upton's Naturals. Upton's Naturals is an independently owned natural foods company with a focus on meat alternatives and vegan values since opening in 2006. Hey, that's right. Now Upton's has launched the first to market seasoned ready-to-eat jackfruit in the whole United States. With great flavors like Thai curry, original, sweet and smoky, sriracha, chili lime, barbecue. Man, I am getting hungry. Well, you haven't eaten in 12 minutes, so that makes sense. Try it, man. This stuff is great. Amazing tacos, sandwiches, you name it. I'm, I'm still hungry. Yeah, me too now. Upton Naturals available now on Amazon.com, ThriveMarket.com, RabbitFood.com, and more. And, of course, check out UptonsNaturals.com. Let's get some tacos. I love tacos. Me too. The Last Frontier, Jeffy. Does a Sasquatch call Alaska home? Do you know? Do you know that? Because I don't know that. The cold north? Does it call it home? I think he calls that part of where he roams. What are the strange beings known as the Otter Men, Jeffy? I've never heard of an Otter Man. Have you? I think that's a shaven young man of the gay persuasion. It possibly could be. But it's probably not. But if you want to know what these things are, you can check them out in the brand new book, Monsters of the Last Frontier, Cryptids and Legends of Alaska, from our good friend and good brother, friend of the show, David Weatherly. It's his brand new book, available on Amazon right now, Monsters of the Last Frontier, Cryptoids, Cryptids, Legends of Alaska. you got to check out this book. It's crazy stuff in here. Listen, you can find out things about the Kodiak dinosaur, Jeffy. You ever seen a Kodiak dinosaur? I didn't even know there was a Kodiak dinosaur. Oh, That's there's amazing. a Kodiak dinosaur. That's for sure. You got to check it out. Monsters of the Last Frontier, Cryptids and Legends of Alaska from our good brother, David Weatherly. Available now on Amazon.com. Monsters. Ooh. Come on, hon. Of, of course we can eat here. Oh, I don't think that's a good idea. They're closing in five minutes. Don't be silly. They don't mind. Really? Two-top, walking in. Oh, no! Are you tired of having that last customer walk in five minutes before closing? Is your station broken down and clean? Is it a Tuesday night and you have had hardly any covers? Well, don't worry. Five minutes till closing can save the day. Just point the tube out of the kitchen and press the button... 
Shazam! The customer is gone. Hey, dog. I don't know if that shit's right, but that shit works, son. You know what I'm saying? Wow. Five till closing gets me out of work right on time every night. So many happy clients. When you need to get out, I'm to close Just press that button and listen for the shout. When you need to get out, I'm to close Just press the button and listen for the shout. I'm to close Yeah! A Sizzle Play product. Right back here, Plum Love Foods Live on a Thursday, Jeffy. We got a great program tonight. Thursday. That book is awesome, by the way. It's worth checking out if you haven't done so yet. The new David Weatherly book. You gotta get it, Jeffy. It's pretty good. Dude, David Weatherly is the man. The Renaissance the man, man, right? Of the unknown. I love talking to him. Reading his stuff is pretty crazy. I got deep on the Jersey Devil thing. Did you? I'm getting deep on the Sasquatch right now in this book. It's pretty dope. Uh, he, he, he does a great job with it. I mean, he's a guy who's got a master's degree in cryptozoology. I don't know. It's a great book available on Amazon. We already did the commercial read for it, but <laughs> it was all right, though. You got to check it out. It's a great book available on Amazon right now. But, Jeff, there's another book out, another great book that we've both been checking out from a good friend of the program here, a good friend of mine. I haven't spoke to him in a little bit, but... He's been working really, really hard. One of the most creative chefs that uh, I, I know, actually, in our country. No doubt about that. Um, the new book is called Progressive Comfort. It's available for free right now at ChefKyleStudio.com. There's also a hardcover version of it, a softcover version of it, too, I think. Uh, but yep. join the program, our good brother, Chef Kyle Shudy. Chef, good evening, man. What's up? Been too long. What's going on? Thanks for having me back. Dude, you're always welcome. Living the dream, you know, hanging out here. Show's a little bit different than the last time you were here, but that's a good thing. Yeah, moving up in the world. Try it to. Try it to. We get great products like five minutes till closing. See, we got all kinds of great products on the program, <laughs> <laughs> which I think we all could have used at some point in our life, right? Uh, no comment, man. No comment. <laughs> well, dude, but uh, the book so far uh, from what I've been reading is great. Uh, and, and Jeff's gotten a little bit deeper into it. I had to be, I was away for some stuff, so I didn't have quite as much time to dive into it as Jeff did. But um, so far, it's fantastic. But before we get into the book, man, what are you doing now? Oh, man. Not, you know, I don't know. Not, not a lot in the cooking world right now, to be honest. Well, last time we spoke, you were in L.A., I think, and yep. you didn't move to Detroit, right? I did, yeah. I moved to Detroit and... Uh, the spring of 2018 to open a new restaurant here and it we opened it um i don't know you know you you make plans and you see how they go <laughs> well detroit's a uh, interesting spot to do it one of the good brothers here on this program dave is from detroit and actually i think you might have talked to him at one point in time and uh he's now here with us on the east coast so um, I got a feeling nice. you're next. Get your ass over here, man. Come on. No more no more <laughs> nonsense. Come to New York. Get it over with. Let's do it. Oh, no. No, no, no. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Why not? No. All right. Man, well, I don't know. It, it, it's, it's, you got to do it at least once, man. Come on. Have you ever worked in New York yet? Have you? No. You know, the thing is, like, I've done Atlanta, Los Angeles, Charlotte, Detroit. Cities, it's just... 
it's not about like who has the best food, who has the best service, who has the best concept. It's about who has the the, the loudest voice, who can shout over everybody the best. I think I'm going to go the opposite direction, take a step back and go somewhere, maybe in the middle of nowhere where I can go in the backyard and pick my own mint, and, you know. I don't know, man. I think I might disagree with you a little bit here. Jeff, I'd love to hear what you think too, man. I mean, I don't know if New York is really like that. Where it's who has the loudest voice. A loud voice helps you, but I mean, some of the Dude, greatest places in the city. Like yeah, but some of the greatest no, places in New York on. don't have voices at all. Oh come on! I mean, Jeffy, chime in here. Well, I mean, I think there's the the one thing about New York and and like all these places is that there's so many restaurants. They're like saturated with right. with uh, concepts and 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 things, and you know, I think. Uh, I don't know if it's really the loudest voice. Sometimes it, it, I mean, sometimes what really gets people in seats is, uh, you know, marketing with with the the maybe not say the loudest voice, but maybe the most money to have somebody, you know, be able to really put together a, a great social media marketing plan for them, or you know, reach out to those people that we all love the uh the influencers that'll come to your restaurant and, and uh you know whatever do do whatever they do yeah but i think also um, in new york you can also just be a great little spot in the corner that makes amazing food and so long as you stay consistent and make amazing food you'll have a maybe more of a fighting chance than you would have someplace else because of so many people i honestly think that's a lot harder nowadays than anyone realizes well, i think general, that i think restaurants in general I, are way harder than people realize well that's what i'm saying and i think that a small corner place is a lot harder to sustain than people realize you know like the end of the day when a restaurant you have to feed people to make to make it worth everyone anyone's while you know what i mean like right. yeah, people have to and Otherwise, you're just making lunch. Well, Kyle, <laughs> you know, how like, hard was it in Detroit to hire, like, you know, just a good brigade, a good crew? It was impossible. Yeah. It was impossible. To be honest, uh, before we opened, I went through 40 line cooks oh. before we opened. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I guess the good thing, the, the building only cost eight bucks. <laughs> you would yeah. think, but it was like it's Detroit, man. It, it, it's We could have a whole episode on Detroit, but... Um, we have. Yeah, you know, it was. Yeah, it was the same. I'm sure you have. I mean, it was the same shit as always. It was. It's a couple guys. They want to open the biggest, baddest, coolest, most innovative restaurant. They picked me. I came out. We love it. We love it. We love it. The second we opened, one person said, "I don't get this dish," and that was the beginning of the end. It just snowballed, yeah. snowballed, snowballed, and it's like. So now they own a very pretty restaurant in the middle of 12 other very pretty restaurants that all serve to the lowest common denominator, and they're not trying to have an opinion. Yeah. Damn. Well, that's one thing. Your food's super creative, man. I mean, some of the things that you've done are are pretty – I mean, it's gorgeous, stunning plates and very, you know, definitely not the -the run-of-the-mill type food. What kind of food were you serving there? They gave me the keys. And they said, run with it. So what do you think I was serving? I mean, we were doing some ballsy shit. And, you know, we got great reviews. Three of the four major newspapers in Detroit hit us up as, this is this is like the place. This is the new thing. This, But, um, you know, at the end of the day, I don't know. 
it's just it's a weird thing. You know, the owners that one of the owners had a had like owns another restaurant in Birmingham, which the restaurant is very good, but Birmingham is is very like you know they 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 want stuff that they know and they want to spend a lot of money on a bottle of wine and so those people try coming down into Detroit to try something new when they thought it was just going to be what the other restaurant was uh you know they started upsetting the client their their the regulars from their other restaurant right. and they didn't know how to handle that and the other thing is like these guys we we had investors that are big players in Detroit, not in the restaurant game, in other things, and like big players, like shaping the city literally. Yeah. And uh, and you know they they thought they owned the publicity. They thought they owned the PR. And so I'm before opening, I'm telling them we got to get on the PR thing. We got to make sure that people know we're coming and they need to watch out for us. We got it. We got it. We got it. We opened. Nobody knew anything about us, and it was just trying to play catch up. After that, meanwhile, you had other restaurants opening the same time, who, you know, they'd been getting stuff in the paper, in the newspaper, in the magazines for six, eight, twelve weeks, and everybody was excited about that. And like I said, it's, I really just think it's all a PR game these days. And uh, man, like I, you know. In LA, I had a similar experience when I first moved there, and I just jumped right back into it. Started doing consulting, hundred-hour weeks, trying to open my own thing, doing pop-ups, and it just kind of consumed me. And so this time, I said, you know what? Like, I'm gonna finish this book. I'm gonna step back. Maybe I'm gonna find a, a nice place in the middle of the woods where I can just really build something special someday. But for right now, I'm not. I'm not in the kitchen right now. Damn, so bro. it did give me plenty of time to finish this book because trust me, like I, I've got like the creativity, the creative juices, they, they don't stop. So I'm just sitting around anxious all the time. Well, you've been working on this book for a long time. I remember you sent me some uh, a rough draft of it maybe a year or so ago, uh, and I was checking it out when you were working on uh, Is this the same book, right? It's the same book. So yeah. that one, you know, I, I had I had the, the bones – I wanted to kind of glue it together with some some illustrations. I was in a rush to get it out because I think that there's some stuff in here that I would have wanted to hear when I was coming up in the industry. So I want to get it in front of people. But when I really, you know, I got it, I, I printed off a couple copies. I looked at it and I said, this isn't something that I want to like hang my hat on. So I shelved it, moved out to Detroit, did the thing, worked 100 hours a week for a year. And then said to myself, like, it's time to get this book in front of people. And uh, so the book, since, since the first time I sent it out, it's, it's the same book, but it's just like, it's a little more sophisticated. It's a little more mature. It's tighter. Just in the way it presents itself. It's tighter. You, put it, you, you got it all kind of tied up nicely. Jeff, tell people really quick where they can find this book and get some information on it and learn more about Chef Absolutely. You want to go to Kyle's website, uh, kyleshooty.com, and you'll find a link there where you can get it for free and the e-book. You can download the e-book for free. And if you're a young cook and you're learning to learn, you you want to learn some stuff and and learn some really great recipes and and how to think outside of the box and, and how to kind of think more like an artist, I think you should definitely get this book. It's It's great. 
Yeah, and I think, Chef, one of the things I thought was really interesting about this, I thought was actually very, I don't know, I, I don't want to say noble, but it kind of is that you, I mean, you are giving it away. You're just giving the damn book away, which is kind of crazy. That's, it's like legitimately the whole point of this book. I want to, I think it's every professional's responsibility, maybe burden, to share our lessons and our experiences with the next generation that's the only way like we can really progress and so that, that it's easy to say that and put all your shit in a book and then ask people to pay for it but if you really believe that's your responsibility then you're gonna do whatever you can to get it in front of as many people as you can that's why i want to give away for free now obviously if you want a hard copy a soft copy that's a physical thing it costs money to produce so we have to charge for it but the ebook that's just my time and uh, and I just I just want to give it to people. It's something I wish I had had 15, 20 years ago. Interesting, man. I think Jeff, I, we I should probably reach great. out to Chef Brian K. Work at CIA and get him get his hands on this and see if he can get some young get in the young culinarian's hands that he sees every single day. Absolutely, that's not a bad idea. That's um, really the thing. Is like. It, it's going to start with one cook reading it and going, hey, man, you got to check this out, and then somebody else reading it. I mean, you know, the first week we've had 25 downloads, and I thought that was great. If it ever gets to the point where we're having 100, 200, 300 a week, it's going to be because somebody found some, somebody found something in it that was significant for them, and they want to pass it on to the cooks that are standing on either side of them on the brigade. Well, I think one of the things too that's also great about this book, as I you know, as I was looking through it and I was happy you did it, is that you did put some recipes in there, man. I mean, because your recipes are pretty crazy. Yeah, so there's definitely some recipes in there because you know that's what people want and expect, and that's those are the things I want to share. And also, like once I build a recipe, I'm kind of bored of it already. I think it's I think a recipe belongs to the world, and I'm not just saying that. When I left Besa, my last restaurant. I emailed my entire recipe portfolio, not just from that restaurant, but from my very first recipe that I ever saved on my computer to the very last one. I, I just emailed my entire recipe portfolio to anyone on the staff who wanted it. Because wow. what am I going to do? Just just hog them? That doesn't make any sense. They, if great. they want it, take it. You know, I, if, I, if I'm still using the same recipe in 10 years, like there's something wrong with me. So take it. <laughs> It makes like sense, that. man. It makes sense. Uh, I like how in your book you start off kind of telling your story a little bit here, the first few pages, which I think is what you should do so people can understand who you are and what you do. Uh, by the way, yeah. I was just hanging out with your buddy Richard Blaze. We were just we were just with him uh, a few weeks ago at the end of January doing a big festival. And uh, he's briefly mentioned in the book. Yeah, sure you uh, that. uh, that's uh, he, you talk about your work with him where you worked with him for what like a month and then he moved away. It was like two, two and a half. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, kind of an innovator. I feel like that kind of really influenced your style a little bit. You know, what it did was, well, let me just say quickly before I forget to say this at all. So this is not like a cookbook. It's not a recipe book. It does have recipes in it. But really, this is a book that I think is teaching you how to think about cooking mm -hmm. and how to start forming your own opinion of food and putting yourself out there. And it's just told through the journey I went through to get there. So if you want to like take the 12 recipes I put in this book and recreate them, go for it. But if you really want to 
know what it's like or how to how to start thinking about food. Like that's the reason I wrote this book. Uh, I just wanted to get that up. Yeah, I think one of those fun stories in the in the in the early early stages of the book where you talk about your uh, the, the restaurant that you were working at that. Uh, seafood steakhouse place in atlanta and you end the whole paragraph by talking about parsley and lemon parsley and lemon parsley and lemon garnish yeah. plates um i think you should redo that but do your version of parsley and lemon because i have a feeling that would be pretty intense you know what that's a great idea yeah i'll probably do that just for fun in the next week just to see how you can shoot it off to you yeah i love it Oh man, that's great! And then it would I get, love it. And then it would be off your shoulders. I feel like you'd be you'd be giving getting the ape off your back kind of thing, you know. Let me tell you something, man. That thing will always be on my shoulder, <laughs> man. Well, I remember. So you and I, for just a recap for guys who don't know, Kyle and I met. We were roommates on the Taste, uh, the first season of Taste on ABC. And mm. uh, I mean, we yeah, we did the show, but that became more about you and I that weekend or week, whatever it was, four days. I don't remember how fucking long it was. That became... I don't remember either because I never stayed in the hotel because I, I lived in L.A., so I'd sneak off every night and sleep in my king-size bed with my dogs Yeah, you, while you, you were stuck in, in a hotel room. The hotel so room. So on that... season two, they made us stay in the hotel, I think specifically because of me. Oh, and your boy here. Remember, I ran a fucking car. <laughs> yeah, well, of course. Yeah. No, that's when we had the fun. Well, we rented the car and we were just like, "Fuck it!" Like we we both got fucked. Let's have some fun. <laughs> yeah, I mean, whatever. <laughs> but we uh, and there was nothing but pelicans and Taco Bell after that, man. Late night Taco Bell at that, where we sent our mm-hmm. handler uh, now, uh, Joe Duckemeyer, a good buddy of ours who works for that hashtag show. Uh, we sent him to get tacos for us late night, which is pretty funny. Do you remember walking into the? Uh, we, we we got home from being out. And uh, we went into that uh, little fucking whatever the restaurant was in the Ramada Inn, and we were carrying a yeah. 30 rack of PBR. <laughs> and I don't know if it was somebody was with us said, you can't bring that in there. I was like, no, nah, it's fine. I'll take it in. I'll have him put it in the walk-in. No big deal. And the fucking French maitre d' was like babbling at me. And I handed it to him. I said, no, nah, put it in the walk-in so it stays cold. <laughs> yeah, I remember. I'm pretty sure I was the one that was like, dude, we can't bring this in here because that's just my personality. I think it was too. I didn't want to. I didn't want to sell you out. Yeah, no, I was like, nah, no, it's I, good. Mean, I got it. I got it. It's fine. I, I basically am like the hall monitor of any group I'm in. I don't know why. <laughs> I was have like, a hard time fine. relaxing. But that's funny because that whole show, man, that really, for me, that whole show, that whole experience, kind of ignited a whole different part of me that I didn't know was even there. But more importantly, <laughs> that became more about making buddies and having. I mean, we had it. You. Fuck the show. We had a great time, didn't we? We really did. It was amazing. <laughs> we had a blast. We just were being retarded. Oh, you can't say that anymore. Yeah. Being stupid. It was fun. Uh, it, it was a great time. That's where Kyle and I met, and we've kind of kept in touch ever since. And, um, you know, you doing a book like this is so you uh, from the Kyle that I remember. That's for damn sure. But, you know, I think it's a good thing. I think you have a lot of great stories. I think you have a lot of knowledge to give. This is a great way to do it. Um, so well, far, I have, that. have you got any feedback from people yet? Uh, so the very first day, the book just launched on March 1st. Yeah. Uh, Prohibited Magazine came out with a review right away. Wow. And it was pretty glowing. And uh, nice. so I, I was taken aback by that. But um, part of that review said, this isn't a cookbook. Um, hold on. Let me, let me read it real quick because I'm going to mess it up. I'd like to make it cool. It's not a cookbook. It's a book for cooks. 
Is that what it said? No, that's what I said. That's pretty good. Though. Oh, it I, says uh, if a cookbook is about following existing recipes, progressive comfort is about leading readers to create their own. That's a pretty good quote. That's yeah. Sick. Yeah. That's a pretty damn good quote. So, so that was good. But look, like the thing is, like I'm not a reader. I don't like reading. When I was in culinary school, I lit. I read Letters to a Young Chef by Daniel Balud, and it changed my life. Wow. Um, this book here, it's for it's a book for people that don't like to read. It's not. It, it is like it's just a conversation between me and the reader. Um, it's it's not long. I think I touch on the things that like really mattered to me when I was coming up. I remember very vividly wondering how chefs did certain things, got over the fear of putting themselves out there, formulated an idea, and then managed to muster the courage to put that idea out in the world. Those are the things that are in this book. Um, and they're glued together by some kind of funny things and, like you said, some recipes and some photos. Yeah, the pictures, the, the photos are fantastic, man. Who took those? Uh, mostly myself. Some of them came from uh, professional photographers that would come into the restaurants, but right. I'd say 90% of these were taken by me. I mean, they look great. They look, I mean, some really, really beautiful pictures in here. Um, I, you have some pretty, what's the word, direct thoughts about the food and food television world and that sort of thing and we're definitely i mean we've definitely have hit the apex of that and, and are coming down from it now but i mean it's always going to be there in some capacity but in the book you definitely have some pretty direct thoughts about that can you talk about that a little bit 100 percent. so keep in mind i was writing i started writing this book in 2012 and wow. so a lot of these you know we are past the apex of that of that cultural shift totally now but um, you know, it was, it was even more significant back then when I started writing this book. So, you know, I call it the curse of the food network in the book, but essentially my belief is that, um, as chefs began to see more fame and more notoriety, um, parents began to see it as a cool thing for their kids to get into rather than like a very hazardous profession full of burns and sharp objects and long hours. And so, you know, there was a generation just before us whose parents would probably say, no, 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 maybe you should go to college. Um, I was in that generation as well. But the people that are younger than me, um, it was like, yeah, go to culinary school. You don't know what to do with your life? Go to culinary school. That seems fun. You could have your name on some pans. And so there was this, like, cultural shift where people began to look at something not so much as like a tedious, labor-intensive, physical, demanding job, but like this celebrity, like building, I don't know, engine. Well, make no mistake, it's definitely a physically demanding job. That's for damn sure. I don't think people quite understand that, you know, if they've never been in no, business. No, uh, 100%. So I went, in my first job, I was surrounded by cooks that went to culinary school that were surrounded by people that were there because they loved to cook. Right. And then by the time I got into culinary school, I was surrounded by people that were there because they didn't know what else they were going to do when they got out of high school, and cooking seemed cool. Cooking seemed cool. That's why they were there. Yeah. I... So, 
you know. I mean, so that's really. It's interesting, man, because I I know the type you're talking about. I mean, I went to culinary school because I realized that I'm going to be in this business the rest of my life. I might as well get a degree in it, you know, to help help make it more like a thing, you know. Uh, Mm -hmm. I've never done anything else, but you're right. It's almost like we live in a generation now of people who are, you know, oh, I'm going to go to culinary school so I can be, what do you want to be? I want to be a chef on TV. That's what right. that, that, that's a job. Like, you know, that that's a I, Jeff's probably tired of me saying I say it all the time. You know, all those things are a byproduct, especially for me, of twenty five years of working in this business. Like, that's a, the TV stuff, the podcast, the, the the hosting TV shows and being a part of it, and the fifteen Food Network appear. All that is a byproduct of twenty five years of busting my ass in the kitchen. Like, that's well, where that and- stuff came from. A hundred percent. And this book, what this book does not include, because it wasn't really a thing so much in 2012, is like the impact that Instagram is having on everybody oh, now. Oh, yeah. So That's Instagram, it. it does two things. Number one, everybody thinks that they have an advertising platform. So in my last brigade, I had four cooks who all had like handles like Next Big Chef, All-Star Chef, <laughs> Big Big Star Chef, Big Time Chef, whatever. And then you go on there and they're like, they're catering for four people. And so they think that they don't need to listen to you because they've already made it. And these are kids right out of culinary school. And then the next thing that you have on Instagram, and I don't really mind this, but Instagram is causing um, fads in plating to come in and out of, of fad like so quickly. Something sparks, everybody copies it, it's gone. Something else comes up, everybody copies, it's gone. Give an example. Like, and, what's, what's the example of that? I mean, I, you know, for a year you were seeing everybody uh, use squeeze bottles on top of a record player or whatever the hell to make, like, the uh, yeah. the concentric circles, and that's gone. Um, it used to be, like, things would take forever. Like, you know... Um, uh, Gotham Bar would stack food a mile high, and then the whole world was stacking food a mile high, and that lasted ten years. Yeah. Uh, and and now it's you go on Instagram, and it's everything well, changes. Content. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. so like I think that's like a big thing is like don't, don't. And part of my book in the book I say like when you're finding your own voice, don't steer yourself towards what other people are doing just because they're doing it but don't steer yourself away from it just to be a contrarian follow your voice follow your instinct follow your intuition that's good advice though but also listen you know you could be if i'm making you know uh, enchiladas today and just for some inspiration Mm -hmm. i can go on instagram and search the hashtag enchiladas and get a thousand plates in front of me just you know to inspire and look at some different ways people are doing things and see different stuff i think you're right like using it as a tool is is fantastic to get inspired and do things yeah 100 percent. i mean that's that's something that we didn't have growing up yeah if you just go on there to replicate what you're seeing though no 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 then you're just gonna churn out what other people are doing and probably a worse version of it dude i have to say the back of your book is sexier than almost any Instagram I've seen in a while. <laughs> Appreciate so, that. Those pictures are really dope, man. Your yeah, it's really got beautiful. a picture of Kyle wearing a beautiful Nike Speedo. He's on the beach there. Uh, With the Band-Aids, <laughs> just like you. <laughs> well, listen, we're not trying to be perverted, perverted right? <laughs> we got to be. Oh, man. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, so I want to read you an excerpt that you put on Instagram from the book. I've got it here on the book open in front of me here. And then I, I read it, and then I, I took a little – I didn't like it at first. And then Jeff okay. actually kind of talked me off the ledge on it a little bit. And, uh, sure. Uh, so let me read it to you here. Proper mise en place is your only ammunition. It's your only chance to defend yourself against the wave of flesh-craving zombies that are coming for you. You know they're coming. Every day, you know the zombies are coming through that door at 5 o'clock. You have 90 minutes every day to get your station locked and loaded. If you don't get your ammunition ready, you'll have to start reloading it during service. Or worse, relying on those around you to be repacking your shotgun shells, quote, quote, for each zombie. Uh, And they will get you. And worse, they will get those around you. Unless you want the last thing you ever see to be your jugular hanging from the mouth of a zombie as your lifeless body falls to the floor, get your goddamn mise en place ready. <laughs> yeah. And and your issue is? Well, so I was reading it, and well, it's not quite an issue. Don't we're not, we're, Yeah, I, I feel you getting ready to fight. We're not fighting. Don't worry. No, no, no. Um, no. It, it, it's. Yeah, I was. I was reading that. I didn't like calling the people who are paying your bills and coming in flesh craving zombies like I don't I, that bothered me a little bit I was like I don't know like oh my god these are who people, are you hang on a second these are people who are like supporting <laughs> you and there and and you're talking about them as if you're uh you know uh, a cook two years in pissed off because someone wants something medium well instead of medium rare you know like you're forgetting no, no, no. Who the people so are. so this little fable here is 100% the result of a conversation I had with a cook in 2011 who let the whole team down because he didn't see the importance of mise en place. And it was more about watching the people around him get eaten by the zombies because he didn't have his shotgun shells packed. And so how else was I going to described to him that he let his entire team down and we tanked service because of him. I mean, I could have tried to explain to him that he, he, you know, disrupted the people's evenings in the dining room and that people had to wait extra long. But like, really like those are, those are faceless people. And, you know, it's, I think it's a better tool for a young, young professional of any industry to realize that he's letting down his teammates so i I sat him down in the office and i just told him this story and it wasn't like even premeditated it just started coming out of my mouth and i just thought it belonged in the book well so there it is i think that when i first saw you post that little script on social media i was like dude come on like what are we doing here but when you put mm-hmm. some, uh, you know, when you read where it's at in the book and you read what's leading up to it, you know, when you put context. some context to it, it's definitely, right. it, it definitely has a different meaning to me than when I put context to it. So, 100%. you know, uh, I, I apologize for my judgmental um, um, taking of that at first. But No, I mean, I think you just hit the nail on the head with what's wrong with social media anyways right. because everybody's just putting things on there to get attention in the hopes that you think – what is that about? I'm going to check it out. And most of the time people don't, they just say, Oh, I, that, that book's really great. Cause it talks about zombies or that book's really bad. Cause it says zombies, you know, people that dine at his restaurant are zombies, but very few times do people take what's on social media and then actually look into it. Totally. Totally. Well, Jeff, we've been talking about these parts of the book and stuff from Cobb. We haven't, we only plugged them once, man. We should get another one out there for him. 
Absolutely, man. Well, you want to go to Kyle's website, kyleshooty.com, and you want to find the link on there, click it, get the book for free. Once you read it, you're going to want a hard copy for your living room. Click the next link, buy the book. It's well worth it. And then if you want to find him on Instagram, you're going to go to Chef Kyle Schutte and Progressive underscore Comfort for follow the book and the updates about that. So Kyle, also in the book, you talk a little bit about culinary schools and kind of where your thought yeah. is on them now. I mean, you know, just a little context for me. When I went to culinary school, it was probably the best thing that could have happened to me. I went to CIA. It was very, very, like old the old program. It was very, um, you know, you you were to be where you're told to be when you're told to be there. If you're on time, you're late. If you're five minutes early, you're on time. Don't be late more right. than once. If you're, if you're late more than once, you'll have to retake the class. Retake more than one class, you're fucking out. 5,000 people want to be in your spot, so you're lucky to be here. Keep your mouth shut and do right. what you're told. Where yeah. it's definitely not quite that hardcore anymore. Right. Um, but having that discipline was important in my life at the time that I went. But it's definitely a change now, man. And in the book, you talk a little bit about how uh, it has changed. Uh, talk a little bit about that and what your thoughts are. So I'm not for or against culinary school. Um, I'm for culinary school. If you have done the things to prepare yourself for culinary school, understand what you're getting yourself into. And I'm against culinary school if you're just going because you don't know what else to do with your life. Um, right. I so you know again this is this is going into you know I think the explosion of celebrity chefs has caused more people to go into it and because of that culinary schools have began to treat their students just like paychecks and since like I said I, I started writing this book in 2012 since I started writing this book culinary schools are having to repay tuitions they're closing their doors because they were doing exactly what is discussed in this book is that they're taking advantage of people they're making promises that can't be kept and and they're just the schools in general in very general terms were bringing kids in and spitting them out and putting a piece of paper in their hand that has no value outside of the industry and just taking as much money as they could along the way so you know my experience in culinary school was the instructors who were all fantastic people and I think really did care about their students. They would pick the students that they thought were taking it seriously and they'd invest more time and more resources in there because just like almost every teacher these days, they didn't have enough of either time or resources. Right. So if you're going to go to culinary school, that's great, but don't waste your time and don't waste the faculty's time because the school itself is all too happy to bring you in and spit you out. You know, That's my forget, take on culinary school. When I was in school, I never forget uh, one of the chefs I had very, very early on, one of my instructors, beating into us every single day. We'd walk into class. He would say, good morning. Here's what we're doing today. Remember, when the half of you that will finish this school are finished, it does not make you a chef. It gives you the tools right. to become a chef, to work your way there, but you're not a chef. Well, uh, and the other thing, too, that I point out in the book is you can get there without going to culinary school. It's 100%. one of the few industries that the degree doesn't really matter, and there's no excuse for not getting the experience before you go to school. Absolutely. And that's pointed out in the book. Like, you can't be a doctor 
before going to med school. But you can be a cook before going to culinary school. So get your ass in the kitchen and start cooking. And if you're intimidated by it, it's probably not for you. Well, I'll tell you. And if you can't. One of the be- one it. of the best chefs I know is the big man here on the phone with us right now, Chef Jeffy. Uh, Jeffy's incredibly talented in the kitchen, very very good at what he does. But he didn't go to culinary school. He's just he exactly was fucking working his ass off. But he's very talented and very good. So for me, I probably would not have gone to culinary school either. And I think that's kind Wait, of hang on a second. Now I got to figure out, Jeffy. I just complimented you, and you said nothing. I did too. I said you're very sweet. I didn't hear. I didn't. Did you hear that, Cox? I didn't hear that. He said you're very sweet, Chef Plum. He just said it, though. Yes. Like, all right, well. No, I said that before. You just don't listen to me. You blocked me out. I can't. Is Jeffy talking? I can't. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry, Kyle. Go ahead. I just had to, I had to... Oh, no, you're okay. good. So for me, I went to culinary school because the job I was in, even though it was a fantastic job, when I'd ask why we do something, I just got the house. And every time I'd be given the house and I'd ask the whys, they just double down on the house. Well, that's in and your I said, book too. I need the wise. 100%. 100%. Yeah, I, um, I was just I make a through. very I saw your, big you, deal of this. You had the scale there where you're showing like the scale was the house and the wise. I was just looking at that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so for me that's why I went to culinary school cuz I needed somebody with the time and the resources, you know, and and the knowledge to give me the wise cuz I didn't want to be building the same house that that my chef built. I wanted the foundation to build my own house. Right. So that's why I went to culinary school. You know, but I think the industry is changing a little bit too for for the good. Like I don't think it's all negative. I mean, we we live in a world now where you know I I, I don't work in a restaurant or a hotel anymore. I work with a private client. I do very very well for myself, and I can create whatever I want. I can use the best ingredients in the world, and you know I can make amazing food. Jeff as well. Uh, that doesn't mean I haven't done that. I've spent years and years and years working in restaurants and hotels. But I think that the way the, the industry has gone now is kind of allowing for jobs like that I have, that Jeff have, to, to be a thing, to where you can do that and make a great living for yourself. Agreed. Agreed. I mean, you know, the the tree is growing and the branches are getting longer. You know, and there's more of them. You can go as high and as far out as you want to go. For me, I'm a, I'm a restaurant chef in my heart. I could never do anything else when it comes to food. I don't uh, know, man. Bringing you out to the Hamptons in New York, get you paid good money. Look at that sunshine. You might change your mind a little bit. <laughs> I, w- I wouldn't. I promise you 100%. 100%. I would not. Um, but, you know, I don't know. This, this book... It, it kind of stemmed from the two questions I was always asked by either by either the guests sitting in my dining room or the people on my line, on my brigade, were like, what kind of food do you cook? And I never had an answer for them. And then the other one that I always get is like, how'd you come up with this? Right. And that's obviously like, that, 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 that's specific to each dish or sometimes each component of a dish. But when I left my first restaurant in, uh, in Los Angeles, I really sat down and I, and I thought about those things and I started writing. And at first it was just for myself. And that was basically like the first section of the book here, um, which is the three principles of great dining. And then when I got past that, it just kind of stemmed into more questions that I would get from my cooks. And I just started having a conversation with 
my cooks in my head um, and it just it just kept going um, and so I don't think that anything is is necessarily like inherently bad or evil in our industry I just touch on a lot of things that I want young aspiring chefs to take into consideration because it's things that I may not have known it's things that are changing um, but it's certainly things that nobody took the time to sit down and talk to me about. And so that's what I wanted to do is sit down and talk to any cook that, that feels like investing a few hours to, to go through this book. Well, there's a lot of really great stuff in here. And one of the parts I was uh, really drawn to when I was reading this is the part of your book where you talk about a pinch of personality. Um, yeah. I think it's a really, really, really important part of your food, your style, and what you do now more than ever uh yeah you talk about people wonder where the food comes from and how'd you come up with this and that sort of thing i mean i i literally call what i do when i do in catering gigs catertainment i come out and talk about the food and do the whole whole spiel people love mm-hmm. that stuff man i think it's important i think what's it's it's slowly doing is is putting putting what people used to think is good food kind of by the wayside and learning what real food is now because of chefs you know talking about that i mean i think it's i think it's an important part of it a hundred percent a hundred percent jeff you talk about your food all the time you get some of the best stuff in the world jeff gets strawberries that cost nine hundred dollars for four no (laughs) (laughs) how much some strawberries cost jeffy uh depends on which ones but some of the ones from japan can get up around 70 80 dollars a package and how many are in a package? Three. Uh, between nine and uh, six. <laughs> I mean, have you seen these strawberries, Kyle? What are they called? Uh, it's a pineberry. It's a white strawberry. There's another name for that, it. Uh, What's the other name for it? kind of tastes a little more melony than strawberry. It smells very, like, uh, fragrant. And, uh, but what's the other name for it? Uh, have you tried the, the oishi berries yet? Yeah, I actually get I get them, I get them regularly. They're my homies. See, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. but this is the kind of oh, shit yeah, that he gets every day. No, they're really good. The 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 oishis are are they're doing it. They're doing like the Japanese style berry here in America, right. which is crazy. In yeah, Jersey, awesome. no, no less. Which is yeah. so... <laughs> incredible. Man, yeah, it is incredible. They're great guys too. They're great guys. We're actually trying to get them on the show. That'd be great. Well, guys, you should check out the book for sure. It's free. You can get the ebook, uh, chefkyleshudia.com, Progressive Comfort, uh, a fantastic chef, a nice guy who uh, I don't know, Kyle, if you'll ever find your way. I think that if you've actually found your way, you would be bored. Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I just, I don't, I don't I, know, man. I, I think you'd be bored. I, I don't know. I think. <laughs> I'm bored all the time anyway. I'm restless at least. Well, what's but... next, man? What's next? The book's done. It's it's obviously time for the next chapter in 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 in, in Chef Kyle Shooty's life here. What's next? I mean, I've got some potential things cooking, but um, I I don't like to to speak out of turn. I will say that my dream would be to move somewhere uh, rural and get twelve hungry cooks and spend two to three to four years just building something really special and letting people find it. That's, I think that's where I am. 
Vermont. Like brother. I'm sick of sick of going to the people. I'm ready for the. I'm ready to build something worth the people coming to. Um, I was thinking more Maine, to be frank. That's somewhere just out there. A lot of money up there. Yeah, Maine's dope. Maine's beautiful, man. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, no doubt about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So, foraging and hunting in Maine. It's a really, really so great. listen, please, like, if if you're a culinary student, if you're fresh out of school, if you're thinking about going to school, pick up the book and read it. It's free. I'm not trying to get anything from you, but anybody that like reads this book and says, like, this this is it. I, I under this guy understands me. Uh, shoot me an email. Hit me up on Instagram. Because pretty soon I will be looking for those 12 cooks. There and I'll bring you out and we'll fucking, we'll build something special. I love so, it, man. Real. I love it, man. I always love talking to you, brother. You got so much uh, so much uh, inspiring juices running through those veins of your big ass. That's for damn sure. And for those of you who don't know, <laughs> Kyle is seven foot four, 382 pounds. He's a fucking monster of a man. None of that is true, but I'll take it. He's a good-looking seven-foot-four <laughs> man, but he's a monster of a human being. None of that is true. He's a beast. He's just an animal. You should see it. I mean, fuck. The only reason we didn't get our asses kicked by pelicans on a beach in Santa Monica was because Kyle was seven-foot-eight. <laughs> if that, that was true, we'd be talking about a book called Progressive Football, but we're not. <laughs> I'm Literally, we're walking down the pier in Santa Monica, Kyle and I together, and those of you who know me, I'm not... A, I'm not a very little guy myself, but it's me and Kyle walking, and Kyle doesn't really smile when he walks. He just kind of looks angry all the time. <laughs> and, and I've never seen people move out of someone's way faster than they moved out of our way as we're walking down the pier. I mean, that, I'm pretty sure they were looking going, is this big enough for everybody? <laughs> <laughs> well, brother, uh, much love to you. Oh, shit, wait. Hang on. I can't let you go yet. Uh, did, okay. I tagged you on an article. I think it was was it Instagram or Facebook or somewhere. Did you see it? Mm, let me check. Motherfucking K- I'll just tell you. Motherfucking okay. KFC, homie. They stole your shit, dog. And they're acting like they're the first ones to do it. The Inside Out Taco. They got a motherfucking Dude, chicken shell, let me bro. Tell you, let, me, let me tell you something. Taco <laughs> Bell did this last. They, they did it last. What? For the record. Yeah, Taco Bell's done it. Um, but I think they're the actually are they the same company Taco Bell KFC? Yeah, same company, Bell, no doubt. Hut? Yep, Pizza same Hut. company. Whatever. So it's the song, right? Pizza Hut Taco Bell um, KFC. I did a oh, couple things. Yeah, we were uh, in my first restaurant in Los Angeles, just being bored one day. I looked at a taco and I told one of my cooks I could flip that thing inside out, and he laughed at me. And thirty minutes later, I had that thing flipped inside out where. It looked exactly like a fried chicken taco, but the the, the uh, tortilla was made out of chicken. The fried chicken was made out of flour tortilla, and we did it. And then a couple weeks later, I said, you know what? I think I want to make an egg salad sausage. Fucking 30 minutes later, we had an egg salad sausage. So we're doing all these things. But I, this is something I'm used to. Taco Bell pulled this shit out of their ass a couple of years ago. Um, at one of my restaurants in Los Angeles, I did a jicama taco. P.F. Chang's put a jicama taco on their menu. Every time we turn on the TV, something I did five, ten years ago is on the television, and my wife's like, look at all that money we could have made. She's look right. Look at all that money we could have made. Yo, oh, man, you I made mean, that inside-out taco. You should have called KFC. You should have called Taco Bell immediately. Hey, I got something for you. 
See, so I called it the reverse taco. They're calling it, like, something dumber. The reverse taco is, like, a way better name, number one. And number two, they can't do it without frying their chicken. I just want to point that out. Mine was not fried. What did you do? So, uh, I made, a like, literally a tortilla out of chicken, some like, chicken thigh, some spices, transglutaminase. I pressed it between two sheets of acetate in a tortilla press and then put right. through it on the griddle. So it looked exactly like a tortilla. Fuck. And and you fully cooked chicken and it was still really moist in, I don't know, 15, 20 seconds. Wow. And then we would take flour tortillas and we dehydrate them in the, until they were like crunchy. And then we pulverized them into basically dust, folded in sour cream and then made logs out of that and fried it. And when you cut into it, it was golden on the outside and just stone white on the inside. It looked exactly like fried chicken. <laughs> Hilarious. And the sour cream didn't break down the fryer? Nope. Wow. No. It's a shame you don't have a restaurant right now, Kyle. I, I'm, I'm like looking at your food and I'm like wanting to eat it. You got to come to New York and just cook for us. I'm telling you, he would kill in New York. But you I would love New York. it. I, I can't build a life there, honestly. Like, I can't do it. I don't want to be part of that rat race. I, I, I've been, I've been do down. You can come do a pop-up with us. That'd be yeah, fun. That'd be fun. Dude, anytime, anytime. You want to throw down for a week? I'd love it. But I just can't, I can't move my life there. I would go crazy. I'm not a big fan of people in general. So New York is just not <laughs> for me. What was that part of your book we were just talking about? Put your personality into your food. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit Oh, oh bro Well listen They're stealing your shit And I was pissed I tagged you immediately I'm like fuck these people It did look delicious uh, though. I'm not gonna lie I mean Intimate. you know what I, If there's someone from KFC listening Like I'll gladly challenge them To a reverse taco throwdown. I'd love to do. do that shit Bring their shit I'll bring mine We'll see what's better Bro you know you oh, inspired me I did a pop up dinner that was a while ago, but uh, some of your food inspired me. I did an inside-out Boston cream pie for dessert. Nice. Where we okay. used like liquid cake center, and I took the 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 you know the vanilla filling inside of it, and basically used gelatin and made it like a I don't know. It was like it definitely like had liquid like the like the liquid cake was on the inside, and we used the gelatin on the outside. It was pretty cool. That's cool. That sounds good. It was dope. It was it was fucking. The delicious. thing I like that is like people like surprises, so yeah. like. Uh, I'm messing around with this new concept, maybe or maybe not in Maine, I don't know. And one of the things that I've been messing around with is a bone marrow custard. And I was telling my mm -hmm. wife, like, I want to shape the custard like the bone, like the canoe cut, you know, four-inch canoe cut femur bone. Mm -hmm. So people, when they get it on their plate, they're like, where the fuck is the marrow? And they just think that they're staring at an empty bone. She said, you don't like when people lie to you in movies because, like, my biggest pet peeve is when I go to a movie and they say it's a true story and then I go home and I <laughs> Wikipedia it and it's not a true story. <laughs> She's like, you don't like when people lie to you. I'm like, no, this is being playful. She's like, no, no, no. There's no difference here. I mean, literally, like, I've met your wife. She's the sweetest person, and you're there talking about fucking making bone marrow to her. She's... <laughs> Well, also, she's a vegetarian, and I'm sitting there like, how can I shape this bone marrow custard into a bone? Like, why can't I find – I was literally, like, screaming, like, why can't I find a mold for this? They make dog toys that are shaped like this. Why can't I find one for food? And she's like, what, what are you Just talking about? Just make one. You can buy that silicone, dude, yeah. and make one. Make one. Yeah, I, it's, that's what I'm 
And just, yeah. just make one. There you go. That molding silicone. Unbelievable. Hey, it's how are a, the dogs, man? How are your dogs doing? They're really good. So uh, we just had a tumor removed from our pit bull, which ended up being uh, cancerous, but I think they got it all. So that's that's positive. But we got we got the three dogs and the cat, and they're all they're all really good. Um, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, good brother Dave uh, is chiming in right now. He's just saying that your food is dope. Just let you know that. I uh, appreciate that, Dave. Um, appreciate that. Oh, you know what? One of the things. And I know I'm probably like way over my time here, but one of the things in the book, one of the recipes that I threw there's in there. No, there's no fucking time limit. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I'm used to doing radio where they're like, dude, you had two 15 minute segments and we're an hour in. What are you doing? Um, <laughs> I know what I get into. I'm so, talking to you. I'm well aware of it. So, yeah. Okay. I figured so. I, I'm used uh, to it. So, one of, the, uh, one of the pieces of the book is. Uh, called reaching something new in five ingredients and it's a very very true story about me when i was in culinary school and i wasn't at work which was weird i was just sitting at home and i just got an itch to just empty my cabinets and make something new but when i emptied them there was only five ingredients in the house and i ended up doing this white chocolate polenta and it was on my dessert menus for years. And there's several pa- pictures of it in the oh, book. And it's right, just, right. you see it? Page that's, 70? That's pretty dope. Oh, I don't, yeah. But it's just, I don't know. I'm really proud of this book because it's a very, I'm also very, like, nervous about this book because it is a very, like, personal story that I'm sharing with everybody. And I'm, like, I'm used to putting myself out there and being criticized for my food. But this is beyond my food this is what has shaped my food and putting all this out there um you know it's it's a labor of love for sure and it makes me nervous as all hell well i haven't finished it yet but i'm telling you don't be nervous unless 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 at the end you say you come out like you do something crazy or whatever there's nude pictures of you i think you're good to go i mean so far it's been great and don't be nervous about it it's a great book Jeff, where can people get more information on this book and where they find it? Absolutely, man. You want to get on Kyle's website. You want to go to kyleshooty.com. You want to click the link. You want to download it for free. You want to click the link. You want to buy a copy. You want to send copies to your friends. You want to go on his Instagram, at Chef Kyle Shooty. Give him a follow. Like some of his photos. You're not going to be disappointed. Beautiful dogs, beautiful food. He's a great dude. Get out there. Appreciate you guys. Man, Kyle, you're Appreciate the man. It's brother. always great catching up with you. Brother, if you want, you can hang with us. We're going to do one more segment here. We're talking about some food products that totally flopped, you know, kind of goofing off a little bit. If you're welcome to stay with us or if you got to go, I totally get it, man. It's up to you. I'll stick around. There it is. That's what I want to hear, Jeffy. I like guests that stick That's around what with I'm us. Talking about. There That's we what go. I'm talking about. All right, so check it out. You guys stay right there. Uh, Kyle's going to hang out with us. When we come back, we're going to talk about some food products that have flopped all over the place. Uh, and plus, uh, I got a TV spot tomorrow morning. I'll tell you guys about that, too. I'm pretty sure Dave's probably going to call in. He's late to the party. What else is new? But, hey, that's the way it goes. Uh, again, make sure you check out that book, guys, if you haven't done so yet. We'll talk about that one more time as well. Uh, tonight, Plum Love Foods, Chef Jeff, Chef Plum, joined by Chef Kyle Shruti. Stay right there, guys. We'll be right back. Plum Love Foods Live. Oh, yeah, Dave. Ergo Chef Knives, the knives used by so many culinary professionals, including all of us here on the program. From the entry-level Prodigy series to the super-sharp Shenzui made from Japanese V10 steel, 
Ergo Chef has something for everyone. Hey, listen, every single day I use my Pro Series Santuco, and I love it, man. You've seen my knife bag, haven't you? I mean, I've got like three of them in there. Uh, it's a great quality knife made by great quality people. And if my word is not enough, just ask guys like Myron Mixon, Guy Fieri, Michael Simon, and tons more. Tell them you heard about them on Plum Love Foods by using promo code PLUM for a great discount on everything in your order. Knives so sharp, even the great city of Detroit approves. Get some new gear at ErgoChef.com. Promo code PLUM. That's ErgoChef.com. Oh, yeah, that's right. Plum Love Foods Live right here on Thursday. Chef Jeff, Chef Plum, your boys, the good brothers, hanging out tonight. Chef Kyle Shudy is sitting in with us talking about his brand new book. It's awesome. You get it for free. It's called Progressive Comfort. You can check it out at chefkyleshudy.com. Living the dream, brother. Having a good time. Kyle getting checking in here. Uh, Sarah Blade says uh, the base of family is checking in. Giving you the uh, nice. uh, strong the strong emoji. Your book is great, Chef. She's digging it. Nice. Uh, Jeff, how many times do we see food that fails, Jeffy? Um, in my kitchen, all the time. Yeah? How about you, Kyle? Is food <laughs> fail ever for you? Yeah. And we did it, honestly, like, it's talked about in the book, too. Like, this, we had this tuna dish. It just didn't work. I mean, and you think it's going to work. You fight hard for it. You fight and fight and fight. You think it's going to work, and the damn thing just doesn't work out, right? 100%. Unbelievable. Well, there's a whole article just put up on Reader's Digest not too long ago entitled 25 Food Products That Flopped in a Major Way. I thought we'd run through a couple of them and just give some some chef opinions. I'm pretty sure the writers of Reader's Digest aren't chefs, so that's always fun. Whoa. How about this? Who saw this coming? What the hell? Joined right now on the program, <laughs> Chef Dave Boredom. Dave, hey, buddy. What's up, man? Dr. Detroit. Yo, we got two Detroit people on the, on the, on the, on the show this evening. We got you and the good brother Kyle. Hey, what's going on, Kyle? How you doing? What's up? What's going on? Uh, first of all, uh, Dave, we played phone tag all day. I got my shirt you sent me, and it's the best thing that's ever happened in the entire world. Oh, uh, dude! As soon as I saw it, I was like, "Yeah, that, that's that's getting shipped out ASAP." Yeah. So, Kyle, my birthday is so, coming yeah, up this yeah. week, and uh, Dave sent me a shirt. I'm a giant fan of the movie Bloodsport. Have you seen it? Oh yeah. It's a I've shirt. It. It's the. It looks like the uh, the Al Pacino black and white shirt, but it's it's Ray Jackson, and it just says Jackson on top in black and white. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. I mean, what's better than that? Nothing. That's the greatest shirt ever. <laughs> uh, I can't wait to see what the other one is, Dave. Can you tell me or no? It's a secret. Nah, man. You just got to wait. All right. You didn't get it from China, All did right. you? Because I'm not getting fucking coronavirus wearing a goddamn Bloodsport shirt. Well, I told him to put extra coronavirus that's on not, it. That's not... You can't even joke about that. You, you opened it up. <laughs> <laughs> Blame me. <laughs> fucking Dr. Detroit. Uh, Dave, we're just about to go over some Reader's Digest. Just put an article out. 25 food products that flopped in a major way. We're going to run through a couple of them. You want to talk about it? Yeah, I'm down. Alright, check it out. Well, apparently Lester's uh, is a soda company and they put out a bacon-flavored soda. Apparently you can still buy some of these on Amazon every now and then, but pretty much anywhere else are hard to come by. Um, As one Amazon user named Sergio stated, 
in response to whether or not the price on the website was for a single bottle or a six-pack, he says, oh, it's one bottle, and it's not worth it. Trust me. Bacon soda. <laughs> Jeff, <laughs> go for it, man. Tell us about what do you think. Bacon soda. Are you in? Um, I don't think so, but maybe with bourbon? Really? You know, like bourbon bacon soda? Like a, you got like a, like a Jack and Coke? make it work. It says artificial in letters on the picture. Is it a yellow label? Yeah, it is a yellow label. I've had it. It's fucking disgusting. Wait, you've had this? (laughs) Yeah. I've had that. I've had like a sweet corn. Uh, Yeah, that's where I had it. There's a candy shop in uh, Ferndale. Well, there was a candy shop in Ferndale, and they had like every weird pop you could think of. What the fuck? Kyle, could you turn this into into like a quesadilla or some shit? I mean, give me a challenge, but I think bacon needs to know its place, and soda definitely is not its place. Hell yeah, bacon soda sucks. Fuck that. <laughs> um, oh boy. Uh, apparently, there, there's there's lots of things that have come out. Cheetos. You know, we all know what Cheetos. You know, the 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 puffy, you know, fucking puffed corn, cheese dusted, you know, snacks that go great with sandwiches or drunk food. Yeah. Apparently, Cheetos, Cheetos uh, also. Uh, can 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 be a lip balm, I guess. Cheetos made a Cheetos lip balm, and I'm telling you right now, when I think of lip balms, like I right back to high school, thinking about the girls with cherry flavored chapstick or whatever flavor, coconut flavor. When you would, you know, when you're making out with them, that those flavors come right back to you. I'm telling you right now that if a girl that I went to make out with had Cheeto flavored lip balm. I would be really torn. You'd have married her. That's what I'm saying. I'm torn, dude. I don't know. Like, (laughs) fuck. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? I mean, Jesus Christ. It could be delicious. I don't don't even want to ask Dave because I know what his answer is. But, Dave, what do you think? Uh, I dig it. Like you're saying, if I kiss a chick and and uh, she tastes like Cheetos, I'm going to try to knock her up that night. So (laughs) She's getting pregnant tonight. (laughs) Be like, I'm going to keep that one around. (laughs) So. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, what about you, bro? Uh, I I don't I don't know, man. I, I like Cheetos though. I like to lick my fingers after I eat Cheetos. So maybe like kissing a woman with Cheeto lip balm would be like that. And that's pretty sweet. Right. That's oh pretty God. awesome. Yeah. Hey, hey, oh, like, mm, like maybe she gets like a maybe you get a a, a, a cool ranch. Gross. Kyle, I got a feeling you actually are probably the motherfucker that made this shit. <laughs> <laughs> that shit's in the back of the book. You'll see it. He's got it on a plate. <laughs> I'm just kidding, man. Uh, Cheetos lipstick. If your wife was wearing it, uh, Cheetos chapstick. If you, when you first met your wife and she was wearing it, would it be love at first sight? No. <laughs> no. But she would have been the one to wear it. Trust me. She loves that shit. But only if it's flaming hot. <laughs> Flaming hot Cheeto chapstick? Yeah, that sounds yeah. terrible. It wouldn't be good for me, but, you know, whatever. I don't like that shit. Well, it gets even weirder, gentlemen, because apparently uh, in some parts of the country, there's a Jello. Uh, that's for everything. That's right. It's Jello salad. Yeah. Oh, J E L L hyphen O salad. Um, it is a basically. A, a gelatin flavored that with celery or mixed vegetables or lettuce uh, that was to help people consume more veggies. 
I was thinking they yeah. were having Jello. Jeffy, that was uh, a big thing, man. Old old school um, dishes, like uh, like, like in like the, yeah, like the Jello, like like the Caesar the Caesar Jello mold. Disgusting. Yeah, the Waldorf Jello mold, all that kind of shit. They were into that. People did that. But it's like lettuce flavored, right? Yeah, they brought it to parties. Oh, that's out the fucking game. Uh, Kyle, would you eat let- lettuce flavored Jello? No, I mean I get what they're doing here. Like they're trying to make health food seem fun, but the whole point of like V8 is because you can chug it and just make it end, get it over with. You know, V8 you wanna... tastes, tastes, tastes delicious. By the way, I have some upstairs. It tastes great. Like the original V8. Yeah. Like the tomato juice. That's it. Shit? Mm-hmm. Yep. You're yep. gonna sip it. Is that what you're telling me? You're no, gonna I just pour it over. It. You're gonna have it on the the rocks and just sip it. Nah, no, pop. you're gonna. He puts mayonnaise on eggs, so I mean, we're just gonna keep that up. <laughs> Get the look. That's the good shit. I don't know why you gotta why you gotta <laughs> throw that shit out in public, man. Throw my business out there. It's delicious. <laughs> Putting mayo on an egg like, sandwich. Is it an egg sandwich. Uh, oh yes. yeah, that's what's up. A sausage, egg, and cheese with some mayo, salt, and pepper. That's delicious. What happened, Jeffy? Jeff, you lost quiet. all your support. <laughs> Where's the crickets? You lost well, like, all your support. When you threw in the sausage, I was like, ah, I, like egg and cheese with mayo on like some fucking toasted bread, solid. But the sausage that might throw it off a little bit. Kyle, am I crazy? I like I like mayo on my sausage, egg and cheese. Is that bad? No, no. Mayo goes on everything. See, Jeffy, let me tell you what, Jeffy, this is what you get. You get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. There you go. Can I, can I tell you one thing? Shortcut no. Parazzi likes lettuce flavored gelatin because it could be aspic in a pinch. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. I mean, if you need aspic in a pinch, good times. Sometimes you got to just cover shit, man. You don't know. All right. Well, fair enough. Well, check it out. At one point in time, too, towards the end of the 80s, gentlemen, Pepsi wanted to give folks permission to have a soda with their breakfast, especially if you're not a coffee drinker, but you still get your caffeine with Pepsi AM. Yep. Touted at having all the sugar and twice the caffeine of a regular Pepsi, as appealing as that sounds. That's right. Pepsi AM. I think we live in a world now where soda's kind of going downhill, specifically sugar that's in soda. Kyle, are you a soda guy at all? You drink soda every now and then? I had to give it up for New Year's because I drank too much of it. Damn. It's like it's like yeah. cocaine. So, yeah, let me tell you. If we're going to get into soda, and especially this one, the one that should have never gone away was Coke Black. Did you have that? Uh, it's on my list of things here, actually, to talk about. Really? It was, it should have never gone away. I wanted to come back. It was like half Coke, half coffee, and yeah. it was fucking amazing. Oh, that's like Manhattan Special. That's delicious. It's delicious, but a four-pack was like 10 bucks. Well, here's the thing. It says here in the article, Why? Coke Black, B-L-A with an umlaus and a K, Coca-Cola Black. When What's big t- that? An umlaus? It's an umlaus, yeah. When a big time... Yeah, it's an umlaus. Look it up. It's good. It's close enough. It's uh, is this good, Dave? It's uh, uh when a big time beverage flops come to mind, most consumers think of New Coke. That time, Coca Cola tried to be cute by updating the recipe for the beloved soda was received very poorly. But we, we'd be remiss to not point out that the company has had many other misses, including Coca Cola Black, a coffee soda hybrid that hit the market with a giant thud. Listen, apparently know, not. Man. There was one good brother that liked it. His name is Chef Kyle Shooty. He I'd was a big fan that. of Coca Cola Black. 
let me tell you something. That was not a dud, and that was not a failure. It's just people didn't know. <laughs> they needed a better PR team. Poor marketing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know about Coca-Cola Black. That would be something I would drink. I mean, Jesus. That sounds like enough, right? Yeah, it just didn't have enough mayonnaise in it for you. Well, listen, if we put a little mayo in there, it might be nice. You never know. There you go. It needs a little fat in the background. That's all I'm saying. Dude, I'm telling you, it was amazing. (laughs) I wonder if you still get it on Amazon somewhere or fucking eBay that shit. I've looked. I've looked for it everywhere. Well, while we're still talking about sodas, what about Pepsi Blue? Do you guys remember that? The fuck is that? (laughs) It was a, uh, they got a lot of flack for Crystal Pepsi, which, by the way, I want to credit the brief comeback that Crystal Pepsi had. I want to credit that was all me. Uh, I sat in front of the entire group of everyone who makes all the decisions at Pepsi out in San Francisco. And uh, uh, their whole creative team, their whole development team, I got up in front of them to do an event and. I had the mic, and I said, I'm glad you're all here. What's it going to take to bring Crystal Pepsi back? And I thought for sure it was going to be a guffaw of laughter and applause. Nope. You know what I got, Kyle? I got this. (laughs) Yep. Yep. And you don't understand, I went for it with a gusto. I was like, ladies and gentlemen, thank you. I'm so glad you're here. I gave them the whole spiel. Brought the Crystal Pepsi line out, got fucking crickets, and then just stared off into space and made it more uncomfortable so they had to laugh. You know what? They, if, if that's what it takes, you did God's work. That's all you got to do. Sometimes you got to just fucking own it. If you're going to fucking bomb, yeah. own it and just stick with it. That was my plan. I was like, look, we're going to sit here until one of you motherfuckers laughs, so somebody get it out. No, because what happened is they all looked at each other like, who who spilled the beans? How's this guy now? Yeah, right? And then what do you know? <laughs> fucking 18 months later, Coke, Crystal Pepsi's back on the market. Well, yeah. Pepsi Blue you got never... somebody fired for that. <laughs> Pepsi Blue never did come back on the market. I'll tell you right now. What it was was a berry-flavored Pepsi that failed to make an impact on consumers. Although, in 2015, there was a petition to bring it back that proved to be unsuccessful. If you ever wondered... It was horrible. Yeah. uh, It it was was apparently not good. Dave, you had it. Yeah. I'm I'm kind of like a pop freak, so like anything new that comes out, I'm going to try it. Stop saying pop. uh, You live on the East Coast now. I know, man. Some real Look, man, weird shit. It, it's it's pop right. to me. Okay, it's a fifty-fifty between the whole country. Okay, it's not just a Midwest or a Michigan thing. All right, hmm? that's not really true because there's the third camp, which is like t- in Texas, they call everything Coke. If you want a root beer, well, you yeah. order a Coke. It's a Coke. Yeah, yeah that's down south like, too. Let me get an orange Coke. Yeah, in yeah. Virginia, it was Coke. Yeah, I got yelled at once at a bus stop because I, I laughed at a lady because I was like, I never I never had orange Coke. With, with, and she was like, and the thing is, where I grew up, you could order a cherry Coke or a vanilla Coke and they would just put syrup in it. It wasn't right. actually a cherry Coke. You know, they would just put like a flavor in it. Like the pop stands. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know yeah. what that is. Well, apparently yeah. on this list, uh, soda. Yeah, what the fuck is that? Is that like a, yeah, whatever. Is that where they sell casserole at pop stands? <laughs> Wait a second. We should talk to Chef Kyle about that. Hang on a second. Stop. Stop everything. Kyle, we have an ongoing Uh, fight on this program about pizza, right? All right. And listen, I mean, New York, Connecticut, I mean, you're talking real fucking deal pizza here. Chicago, that deep dish, deep dish pizza. uh, I'm Mm -hmm. good. I'm not really worried about that. Whatever. It's delicious. I understand. It's their own style. 
Good brother Dave here is always telling us how delicious Detroit-style pizza is. He showed us some pictures of it. We saw it in person. It's not a pizza. It's a fucking casserole. <laughs> You're there. Now. Uh, oh, what do you think? It's not It's not my thing, mm-hmm. to be frank. But, uh, <laughs> but is it, it pizza? around here. Is it pizza? It's pizza. Yeah, it's pizza. Stop it's it. not a casserole. Stop it's pizza. It. But the Thank thing you. is, like, I can't figure out what it's trying to be. Like, is it trying to be Chicago? Is it trying to somehow be its own thing? I mean, there's no cornmeal on the crust, so I get that, but All right, hold people on. love it around here. Hold on a second. Are, are you saying it's pizza because you currently live in Detroit and fear for your life if you were to say something other? No, no, no. So Okay, wait. Let me time out. I'm going to jump in the time machine. I want to ask L.A. Kyle Schutte. Hey, is that pizza from Detroit? What is Detroit style pizza? Is what I would have said before I came out here, That's and I'm still not said. really clear of the answer. But go to Buddies. My... <laughs> no, see, Buddies is garbage, man. Oh, I can't uh... believe people like Buddies. It's fucking everywhere. It's just garbage. Which I've seen it twice. Which going to go to Conan, the original. Play some bocce ball. Get a pizza. Okay. <laughs> have a casserole. I'll do it. You can't get have a pizza because you have to have a casserole. <laughs> You know, they serve that shit at the zoo. It really upset me. They have it at the zoo now? Yeah, what? there's a whole buddies at the zoo. Oh, like that's a, An up. entire restaurant Do in they the put zoo. pancake syrup on their pizza in Detroit? No, that's not a thing. They wow. do it in New York at the Detroit pizza place. That's why it weirded me out. Yeah. Oh, that's weird. They put it on their sausage pizza. It was weird. And it's not even maple syrup. It's the Buttersworth pancake syrup from Cisco. That's the good shit right there. (laughs) Well, listen, coming back at you guys, just finish off this list, hitting one more thing on here that I thought was pretty fucking disgusting when I read it. Colgate Kitchen Entrees. You guys remember this? This was way back in 82. I don't know if anybody Mm -hmm. ever saw it, but apparently Mm -hmm. Colgate Kitchen Entrees uh, well, sometimes I guess in business you just want to throw things against a wall and see what sticks. And in 1982, the toothpaste purveyor Colgate decided it might be the time to go into the frozen food business, where they introduced the Colgate kitchen entrees, which included meals like beef lasagna. Well, it didn't work out so well, but it uh, uh, but it actually caused a decline in toothpaste sales altogether. Yeah, I don't know if I want a toothpaste company making my food. Kyle, would you would you do it? Is there a benefit? Is it going to make my teeth healthier? Or are they selling you stuff that's going to make your teeth worse so you buy more toothpaste? I think that's the answer right there. Yeah. I I I mean, Jeff, I would just have a problem with it being Colgate, would you? Nah. I would have a problem if it were Johnson & Johnson. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Dave, what do you mean, oh, yeah? That's a little creepy. Talcum powder, bro. Dude, the fucking devil. (laughs) First of all, Johnson & Johnson... Is run by known saint worshippers. Hey, you know, everybody needs a little saint in their life. Listen, religion, right? We have religious freedom in this country, Jeffy. We don't judge anybody. I, I, I agree with you. Doesn't mean I'm going to support it. Fair enough. Don't they make baby you know, oil? They don't support. What's that? Who else don't you support, Jeffy? Yo, play physics. <laughs> What the fuck did you just say? <laughs> Yo, play physics. Who's that? Is like that the yogurt? 
Is that yeah. a yogurt? It was a bubbly yogurt that my kids got once a long time ago. It was really? disgusting. I thought it was I a think new it was just old. I thought that was a new no, tripod quest. <laughs> I thought it was wow. rotten. And then I read it and I was like, oh, that's not. We, that's. That, what happened here? Damn. Wow. Well, thankfully, uh, we're not going to eat any more of that. That's for damn sure. Uh, well, guys, if you haven't done so yet, you got to check out Chef Kyle Shruti's brand new book, uh, Progressive Comfort. It's free. Get yourself a download of it. Check it out on your phone while you're hanging out, while you're while, while you're on the way to work on the subway. We highly recommend it here on the program. It's very, very good. It's a good read for young culinarians and experienced culinarians alike. I think it uh, adds some different perspective for you. And there's also a couple of great recipes in there, too, if you're interested. So make sure you check it out at ChefKyleShruti.com. Dave, you going to check that book out? Uh, yeah, I think we'll buy a copy just because you're in Detroit and doing the damn thing. So I like to support people <laughs> that support my hometown. Well, that's why we call him Big Money Dave now, too, by the way. Big Money Dave. <laughs> that's not, I don't know. That's not like an accurate name. That's a good that, Jeffy, isn't that what we're calling him these days? Big No, Dr. Detroit. A.K.A. Big Money Dave, right? Yep. Yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, so, anyway, make sure you check it out. Kyle, bro. Always a pleasure talking to you, man. Don't be such a stranger. You have an open door in this program. Just come on and hang out with us sometime. You don't have to have a book to promote or anything. Just come hang out. Just let me know when and where. I'm always around. Yeah, man. I can't can't wait to see what you're doing next. That's for damn sure. Uh, Dave, thank you so much for my birthday shirts. Oh, uh, anytime, man. And then let me know when that other one comes. I want to know what you think about that as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'll probably talk to you between now and then. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, happy <laughs> birthday either way. So. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. I don't I don't really celebrate birthdays, but I appreciate it. It's very kind of you to think of me and, and do that. Uh, tomorrow morning, if you're local in the area, I'll be on Better Connecticut. Uh, I'm cooking off a beautiful, in my five-minute gourmet segment that I do with them, I'm doing a beautiful soul maniere, at least my version. So it should be pretty fun. Check that out. You guys ever made that dish? Of course you have. That's old school. No. No? Yeah, I haven't, haven't made it. Capers, parsley, lemon, fucking Berblanc. I'm doing mine over black lentils with a little, uh, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shave off some uh, asparagus with a peeler and I'll cook it in the pan with it so I can get it all done at once. Sorry, I fell asleep when you said capers and Berblanc. I'm not going to use capers, asshole. It's a five-minute gourmet. I'm making people happy. <laughs> All right, listen, I guess I need to put some Cheetos fucking lip gloss in there to make you happy. There you go. That's now right, that's right, that's right. Uh, Jeffy, pleasure you know, as always, buddy. You probably emulsify your Berblanc just perfectly. Do you think so? Maybe. <laughs> a little Cheeto, little Cheeto yeah. Berblanc. Now, now you're, yeah. now you're talking. Yeah. Lemon and Cheeto Berblanc. There you go. That's, yeah. that's right, that's right. All right, you guys, listen, big shout out to Chef Kyle Schrute. Make sure you check his brand new book out, Progressive Comfort. Dave, always a pleasure. Uh, Jeffy, always a pleasure. Ladies and gentlemen, please, we'll see you guys next week. We've got a great guest. Jeff, who's on next week with us? Uh, I think we're going to have Sherry Swanson on next week. Ah, Chef Sherry Swanson, the winner of Elite Chef. Great guest to talk to. She's very, very cool. Looking forward to having her on. In the meantime and in between time, ladies and gentlemen, please remember, food is one of the most important things we have in life. Everything important in life evolves around food. Let's make sure we get the time. It deserves. We'll see you guys next week. Take care. Peace. I'm the tower of power, too sweet to be sour. I'm like a monkey. Sky's the limit and space is the place. Thank you for listening to Plum Love Foods Live. 
See you next week, good brothers and sisters.